you know, for, for God to come into their life and to be, to drastically change their life. There is an opportunity for you to pull somebody out of the grip of hell, but we have to be looking for it in order to see it. If you're not looking for it, you don't notice it. If you're not looking for the spiritual conversations, you don't notice them. It's a great big gorilla dancing right there and you totally miss it because you're so focused on just what you're doing throughout your day or you're so focused on these uh on these other things that are uh, i'm sure very important um you know we we don't intend on missing them but we are here as as as, as disciples of jesus on his mission where he says, I have placed you in this world and I don't want to take you out of it because I need you there so that we can reach those who are lost. So the question is, how did Jesus build bridges while he was on earth? How did Jesus build bridges when he was on earth? This is how he did it. He found people where they lived. He related to them as they were. He invited them to walk by his side. And then he showed them what a new life with God was all about. I'm going to flip your paper over. We have several examples. And probably not going to get into all the scriptures here. That would, just this first one would take up the rest of the night. You can, if, you, if you're not familiar with these stories, you can take this Bible study home and you can read through these passages, but I'm just going to tell you a little bit about each one of these and how Jesus built bridges for different people in different ways. There was a Samaritan woman that Jesus met in Samaria in a place where the Jews would not often go, but Jesus said to his disciples, we need to go to Samaria today. Well, they question that. Why would we go to Samaria? We don't, we, we go around Samaria. We, we are very intentional about not going to Samaria. Jesus said we need to go to Samaria. And when they get to Samaria, or when they get to this well that's in Samaria, uh, Jesus then sends his disciples into town so that they can go and, and get some, get their meal. Uh, and, and Jesus was very, I believe, very intentional about that because he knew that there was a woman that was getting ready to come to the well that he needed to have a conversation with. So not only was this woman a Samaritan, somebody who he as a Jew shouldn't talk to, but she was also a woman who had a lot of relationship issues. Jesus, though, built a bridge by finding some relatable points of interest with her. She was interested in worship. How did he know that? Because when he said something about the well, and her drawing water out of the well, and then he points to a a better source of water than what she could get, she points back to her ancestors, and she says, oh, but uh, you think that what you have is greater than what Jacob had? And you got, I, I can't even go and worship where you worship. Here we are. We go, we worship at, at the mountain. We go and worship. With the, and so Jesus says, oh, here's an opportunity right now. Now, Jesus knew exactly where this conversation was going. 
But he, he found these relatable points of interest to her. Uh, this woman right here, she's thirsty for something. She's hungry and she, she is, uh, th- she's been thinking about this worship thing. It's on her mind. This is important to her. Let me tell her about something that's far greater than she's ever experienced. Well, do you ever, you know anybody right now who, who they are, the, you know, they love God. They worship God in their way, in their, you know, whatever way it is. And there's many different ways that people, uh, they, they think that, or they, they try to worship God. But, uh, you know, there is something far greater that perhaps you have to offer. There is something far greater. When you get the joy of the Holy Ghost in you, there is something that you can't, uh, you're, you're not going to get that just sitting in a dead church that, you know, maybe you were raised in that pew and that's just what you're used to. But, but there is something when the Holy Ghost comes in your life, it can completely change your perspective on who God is. And there can be some very, or people who they love God very much. But I want to relate to them on that point and say, hey, let me tell you about what Jesus has done for me. And when they hear about that, maybe that sparks something in them that says, "Ooh, I haven't experienced that. I thought I knew God, but I haven't experienced that. Tell me a little bit more. Jesus found a relatable point of interest with the Samaritan woman. There was a lame man at the pool of Bethesda. This was a man who... He had lost all hope. He was laying there, and when Jesus came to him and said, he said, can you be healed? What was the man's answer? Well, you know, if I only had somebody that would put me into the pool, but I don't have anybody. I've been laying here for years and years and years and nobody's there to put me in the pool where I could get my healing. He lost all of his hope. But Jesus built a bridge. He showed him. Oh, I see what you're missing. You're missing hope for healing. There's healing that comes from another source. There's, there's healing that comes in, in, a, in another source that is not this pool right here where you think that you're going to get your answer from. But there's an answer and it comes from God. There's an answer that it doesn't come from something natural, but it's the supernatural. And let me tell you about that. Or in fact, let me show you. And Jesus healed the man right there. And, and we see how he built a bridge Making, get, bring this guy from, from his brokenness to a place where he was one or he, he became uh, into relationship with God once again. The woman that was caught in adultery, everyone condemned her. Even the law of Moses condemned her. She should have been stoned that day. But Jesus built a bridge. When you know somebody who they've made mistakes, big mistakes, you know somebody who they they are ashamed of of the things that they've done and they're broken, they feel like they're unfixable. You could build a bridge. There is grace like none other in Jesus Christ. 
And that's, a, that's one that every one of us ought to be able to build pretty easily because every one of us in this place has made some mistakes. And maybe it's not as big or maybe it's not you know, as, as seemingly insurmountable as the person who you're talking to. But you've made some mistakes in your life. And you've been forgiven of them. I'm thankful that I have been forgiven of my sins and things that I've done. And God has shown me grace. And we can build bridges with people who they feel like they're so broken that they cannot be fixed. They feel hopeless and lost. Come on, everything, everybody was condemning her. She, she, she was caught right in the act of adultery. But Jesus said, let me show you grace. There's nobody here. Nobody here has, is without sin. He didn't say it, but he was the one who did have sin, or who was able to do that, who had no sin. But yet he showed her grace. There was a man that was born blind. This is in John chapter 9. This man was born blind, and at that time, in uh, actually we see this, throughout much of the Old Testament and then uh, here, here with Jesus that when somebody is born blind or born in this, uh, born with some kind of deformity and this kind of comes from the fact that uh, the law states that anybody who is deformed or anybody who you know, without vision, without um, uh, without hearing, you know, anybody that's kind of maimed, they, they can't go into the temple. They're, they're unclean. So because of that, these, the, the, feeling was, or the idea was with people, they had built this theology around this uh, idea that they must have been born into a family of great big sinners. Their family must have some some unrepentant sin. They must have something that they've done wrong. And maybe it wasn't his parents, but maybe it was his grandparents, whoever it was. they've, They've got something. Maybe it was just him. And I'd there's something just wrong with him. Being born blind at that time, believed that they were just lost sinners. And Jesus built a bridge by revealing to him that it's in the heart, it's what's in the heart that matters. It's not about these things on the outside, it's what's in the heart. Now this, we, we see that he built this bridge, this is really from the conversations that come out of this healing of this man, the, the people around him, they're all like, what, what just happened? Um, why, why did you just heal him uh, and, and say that he can go and he, he's free to, to go into the temple? And Jesus said, it's because there's nothing wrong with him. In fact, all of you need to repent. That's what Jesus said. He said, every one of you needs to repent for what's in the heart. There's nothing more wrong with this guy than there is with any one of you. Jesus was correcting their theology, but it wasn't a theology. It wasn't just a theology lesson. It was reaching somebody who thought that they were unreachable, thought that they could not get to God. And he said, oh, let me show you. There is still a path to God. There's still a bridge that I can build right now. And, and we can make a way back to God. It's what's in the heart that matters. And, and, and what I mean by that is it's, it's what's in the heart that that needs forgiven. It's not the outward um, the outward things that uh, that are always showing the sin, but there is sin that can come into the heart of anybody. Zacchaeus, we talked about Zacchaeus last week. Zacchaeus in, cha- in Luke chapter nineteen was a wretched tax collector. At least that was the viewpoint of everyone else. 
This is someone who he got rich off of the wages of his neighbors. He, the way that he made his money, and, and he, he made a lot of money, it appears, uh, was, was by collecting the taxes that was owed to the Romans, but then he could take whatever portion, whatever other percentage he wanted, and he got to keep that for himself. And he got rich off the backs of his, his neighbors. And Jesus, he built a bridge by seeing him as more than just an outcast of society. Jesus, in one of the most important weeks of his life, he's on his way to Jerusalem. The very last time that he was going to be there and before he would be hung on a cross. And Jesus knew that. He knew what was about to transpire. But yet he saw Zacchaeus up there in that tree as he passed through Jericho. And he still paused long enough because he says, there's somebody that I, need to, that I need to build a bridge for. There's somebody right there who I need to let them know what God can do for them. There's somebody right there who I needed them to know that God still loves them where they are at. And we see this hardened man. You had, you had to be hardened in that day uh, to be a tax collector. Because you're still going about your life. You're still you know, living in the community, but you know that everybody hates you. And God melted the hardened heart of this man so much that he says, I'm going to give everything back double, triple to all the people who I've stolen from. There was an evident change in this man. We don't see all the conversation that Jesus had with him, but we know that there was a change in his heart because of the way that he reacted by the time Jesus had left his house. I mean, Jesus built bridges. Amen. This last point that I want to make here tonight before we is for us to flip the equation. Let's flip the equation. Oftentimes, here's, here's the thing. We, what I'm saying tonight, this, none of this is new to any of us, right? We all know it's our calling. We all know that it's, you know, we should be doing this. And, and we've done it before, but maybe we failed over and over and so we get shy of, of doing it. And I, I believe that there's, there's ways, and we're going to continue talking, talking about this, and I'm, I'm learning some of this even myself, just, just how to have these conversations, how to, how to talk to people in a way that, that they would be open to receiving this gospel message. And, and one of the things that we do is, is we create these environments, or, or at least we, um, walk into an environment that is such like this, and then we try to have a spiritual conversation. We go into high-risk, low-grace circumstances, and we try to tell people about Jesus. These are, these are the types of uh, instances where a lot of times we try to tell somebody about Jesus. We try to build a bridge. It's in a high-risk low grace situation. Meaning that the person is uncomfortable really talking about their life because we have set ourselves up here. We're not really getting down on their level where they're at. And then when they finally start to open up, 
and they talk about where they're at. Then all of a sudden we, we come in and we're like, Oh, you, you got, you got to change this. You got to change this. You got to do this different. You got to, and all this. And there's, there's all this stuff that's, that's not much grace in the moment where they're just then being introduced to what God could do in, the, in their life. And we think that we're building a bridge by revealing to them their sin. And that maybe they will be, maybe they will be uh, convicted by me telling them about the right way to do this. But it's very high risk and low grace. Problem is, it's, it's rare, it rarely works when we try to build a bridge in that kind of circumstance. What we see Jesus doing is coming in in a low risk, high grace situation. Meaning that low risk, he gets on their level and he asks more questions than he does giving answers. We see him oftentimes, he's, he's asking questions. He's, he's letting the conversation, he's letting where they're at kind of feed his response to, to how I can reach this person. How can I talk to this person? How can I relate to them? It's not on, it's not on my territory over here, but rather it's in their territory. It's in a way that it's low risk to them because, because oh, I'm just answering questions that this person's asking me. Like Jesus at the, the, with the woman at the well. He asks, he starts out by just asking her questions. That's, that's how he, he, he approached her. He just asked, asked questions. We see him oftentimes doing this, and it's very, it makes it a low risk situation. But then, on the other hand, it's, it's high grace. Now that doesn't mean that we challenge at some point, or we, um, we, we create a place of tension. We create a, 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 a time of tension where we, uh, put out there what, what God, or what, um, what Jesus has, has done in our life. And how it changed us. And we tell the story of how it changed us. And then that places a little bit of tension as far as them seeing, oh, maybe there's some things that I can change. But yet we need to have grace. We need to have grace with those that we're trying to reach. In other words, it's not coming in right at the beginning and just, uh, just hammering them on, oh, you need to change this, 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 and this. And feeling like, oh, this is going, all this conviction is going to settle on them and they are going to see this bridge being built and they're going to come right across and see this great God. Jesus showed us grace. I'm thankful that Jesus showed me grace. I'm thankful that Jesus, come on, that he, he shows us in Scripture the way where, where he, he's hanging out with the publicans and the sinners. He's there. He says, these are the people that I'm trying to reach. These are my people right here because they're the ones who they need. They, they need a bridge built. They need some grace. They need to know that there is, there is a bridge that they can cross to get to this perfect God who wants to come and save them from their situation. Well, those are the types... Things that Jesus did. Now I want to let's finish up with this illustration that I have here at the bottom. It's a little illustration that when you're talking to somebody um, can be very helpful. Something that you can just you can just jot this down on the napkin or write this um, and kind of just draw this picture 
on a napkin, and, and it starts out there with that first, that, the top part there, and, and you can begin to tell somebody about your story. Your story. Now, I was, I was going and, you know, through life, and I recognized that there was something in me that it, it didn't quite, um, it didn't quite feel fulfilled. I didn't, I, I couldn't feel fulfilled in my life. There was always something I could feel that was missing in my life. And I was, you know, maybe, maybe you're saying I was really messed up at one part in my life and, and things were just, uh, just crazy. And I, I really tried to get better. I, I tried the morality route. I got really, you know, got really good morals and I, I started doing good and all these things. But even that, I still felt this little bit of emptiness. It didn't matter how much I, I tried, how hard I tried. It was as if I couldn't really get from where I'm at right now and jump across this great big gap that separated me and God. It didn't matter how far I jumped, I couldn't do it. And then something changed in my life when I realized that there was a bridge that Jesus came and built for me. See, God's life, God's way, is that Jesus already came and he, he, was, he, he built a bridge between my brokenness, my fractured life, and the life that God has for me. And where I was trying to do all this on my own, where I was trying to, to, to get across that gap, to fill all this emptiness by my own actions, Jesus came. And then when I gave my life to Him, and when I had a, 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 a complete change, when God came and, and He met me in a, in a place where, where my life began to change, then I realized that I have access to God. And that emptiness that I used to feel is gone. That emptiness that I used to have in my heart, it's gone because I have Jesus who came and I realized that He was the sacrifice for all of my sins and all of my brokenness. And now what I used to be is nowhere, now I am nowhere near where I used to be. I feel whole. I feel, I feel like I I have finally had a, a bridge where I can, can reach the perfect God that I was always trying to reach for. And I'm not perfect today, but Jesus Christ came and he filled that gap where I couldn't fill it. Just a little illustration that you can use and you can jot that down just on a napkin. You can tell that in your own way and, and talk about this gulf of sin, this chasm of sin, that there is nothing that you can do to, to truly get across that on your own. It doesn't matter how, how hard you try. It doesn't matter how far you jump. It doesn't matter anything that you do. You can't do it without Jesus Christ. But when Jesus came into your life, all of a sudden, there was, there was a, a, a possibility that we could come to God and He could begin to truly transform our life. Amen. I need to flip that equation. We need to build bridges. Why? Because I'm a disciple. And as a disciple, I love others. And because I love others, I'm compelled to reach them. 
I'm compelled to reach somebody and let them know, come on, that hell is real, that heaven is real. There is a way for me to get there, and I want you to know that God loves you enough. And in fact, let me tell you about what Jesus Christ did for me. Amen. There's nothing greater than your story. Praise God. And we're going to end there tonight. Uh, I hope that you go this week and you would just let... Uh, let the, the Spirit lead you and guide you to see the things just like that little video that we showed. Just let's be looking for those spiritual conversations. Let's be, uh, have our eyes uh, open, our ears open. If there's somebody there, there's an opportunity for me to step in and, and just to let them know. Now, you may not be comfortable the first time you do it. That's all right. Let's just, let's just take that little uh, step in and just tell them about the personal story of what Jesus has done for you. Amen. And it could change Change your life and change theirs at the same time. Praise God. Amen. You're dismissed tonight. Uh, Again, just want to mention Path Ministry tomorrow night. If you want to come here for that at 6 o'clock, God bless. We will be here for service Sunday at 10 a.m. God bless. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.